Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. They will cheat on you and say that was your fault. I ended up having to cheat on you because you weren't a good spouse. If you had been nicer to me, if you had been more attentive to me, I wouldn't have cheated on you. So therefore, that's your fault. That's a lie that narcissists want you to believe. So the big questions are these. How can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Song, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Welcome to another episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the core lies that narcissists want you to believe, which are numerous. Narcissists lie all the time, as you know. How do you know a narcissist is talking? Well, you know, or lying, their lips are moving, right? All right, so we're going to be talking about that today. And I also wanted to remind you that I have a brand new book that is coming out, Slay the Bully, How to Negotiate with a Narcissist and Win. Make sure that you head to slaythebully.com and grab that because if you pre-order it now, not only do you get early access to the manuscript, the entire manuscript, you also get tons and tons of bonuses up to $400 worth of bonuses right now. So make sure that you head to slaythebully.com and grab that. So, and also I've got a brand new free masterclass, which you can register for at Break Free From Hell. It's called Breaking Free From Hell, how to take back your power emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So make sure you register for that as well. Now let's dive into this really super juicy episode. I've seen all the lies that narcissists tell, all of them. And I know the eight worst lies that narcissists want you to believe. And I'm going to share them with you here in this video. And I'm going to go through them, the the worst ones to the, the most heinous ones in this video. So watch all the way till the end here so that you can know what the worst ones are. Okay, so let's go through them now. The eighth worst one, we'll just go like eighth to to first, right? Is I'm not really like this, right? That's one of the things that they'll say, I'm not really like this. Now, you know that they're actually really like that, right? And they'll often try to gaslight you by telling you that they're not normally like this. You know, they'll they'll have a tantrum or they'll go crazy or they'll treat people poorly or they'll do things that are awful and, you know, or or they're they'll be doing things that are horrible for a while or they'll be super depressed or whatever it is. They'll just say 
that they're going through a phase, that they're under a lot of stress, that it's somebody else's fault, that it's because of the things that they're going through at work, that that they're acting crazy because of their X or whatever it is, but they'll say that they're not really like this, especially if it's early on in the relationship, because they'll let you know that it's, you know, it's just something that they're dealing with right now. The truth is that they're very much like that. The truth is that they're actually way worse than what they're showing you most of the time. And that, you know, they're only revealing a little piece of the way that they really are. So that's the uh, one of the lies that they want you to believe. The next one is that they'll let you know one of the lies that they'll tell that they want you to believe. And this is a lie about you is that you are the one that's overreacting. So that it's your behavior and not theirs. So this is a massive gaslight, by the way, massive gaslight. They'll say things like you're overreacting when you haven't even raised your voice yet. You know, uh, I didn't mean to hurt you or it's not a big deal. Stop making such a big deal out of things or, you know, you're being oversensitive or, you know, the truth is that their behavior is a big deal. The truth is that what they did was really horrible. You know, they can be as awful as possible and they'll say you're overreacting, you know, they will have treated you in a heinous, horrible way. And you can be hurt and feeling horrible. And they'll say you're overreacting. You can have found text messages or photographs or seen them with other people or whatever. And they'll say you're overreacting. So those are the types of things that they will say, you know, but that's a massive gaslight, you know, basically erasing your feelings, telling you that the way that you feel is not okay. So that's a a massive lie. Another lie that narcissists want you to believe. The next lie that narcissists want you to believe is, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. They are never sorry and they always mean it. So it's a, you know, faux apology. I call them narcissist faux apologies. They will usually not apologize for their behavior. But if they do apologize for their behavior, it's only because they're trying to manipulate you into something else. Remember, everything that a narcissist does is a manipulation. So if they do apologize. It's because they are trying to future fake you. They're trying to get you to do something. They're, you know, not going to ever undo that behavior that they did. 
they will definitely do it again in the future. So whatever it is that they did, let's say they called you a name, they will definitely call you that name again in the future. Let's say that they, you know, whatever it is that they did, they cheated on you. You know, I'm sorry, it won't happen again. They will definitely cheat on you again. So, you know, they interrupted you when you were talking. Oh, that was horrible. I shouldn't have interrupted you. They will definitely interrupt you again when they were when you're talking so their apologies are completely meaningless and you should you know definitely take them with a grain of salt because it's a lie that they want you to believe that's just crap right narcissists are liars that's what they are okay the next lie that they want you to believe is that it's all your fault. For example, they might get fired from work or that they have poor performance at work or something like that. They will want you to believe that that's all your fault because you were, you know, giving them lots of stress. And because of so much stress at home, they can't perform at work. And therefore, that's your fault because they're making lots and lots of mistakes at work or something like that. You know, they aren't making the sales at work that they're supposed to be making. That's your fault. You know, anything that happens bad in their life, they'll say that it's your fault. They got super angry and did something that they weren't supposed to have done hit walls, drove too fast, whatever, got got a speeding ticket, that's your fault. They will cheat on you and say that was your fault. I ended up having to cheat on you because you weren't a good spouse. If you had been nicer to me, if you had been more attentive to me, I wouldn't have cheated on you. So therefore, that's your fault. That's a lie that narcissists want you to believe. The truth is, had they had more integrity, had they been a better person, they wouldn't have needed to cheat on you. You know, if you had just done what I wanted, I wouldn't have had to hit you. That is, again, you know, a lie they want you to believe. The truth is their behavior is their fault. They need to take responsibility for their own behavior, just as you have to take responsibility for your own behavior, okay? It's a lie that narcissists want you to believe. The next lie that narcissists want you to believe is that you are being too sensitive. Again, narcissists will invalidate your feelings. They will tell you that you are being too sensitive. And by the way, they are ridiculously oversensitive. I mean, you can say something that's completely innocuous and they'll say that you slighted them in some way that you had some crazy tone. And I always joke that narcissists hear tones like dogs hear whistles. Like even if there's no tone, they hear tone. And you think, I didn't have anything with tone. They'll tell you that you were shouting and you didn't even shout. And they'll say, you're delusional, you were shouting. They'll start shouting at you and you'll say, please don't raise your voice. And they'll say, I was just matching your tone and you didn't shout ever at all. But 
you know, you can't ever shout. They'll tell you you're being too sensitive when they're the ones who are ridiculously sensitive. When they said something that was horrible to you, you know, like you have a a massively huge behind or something and you'll say, please don't say that. And you'll say, oh, I was just, it was just a joke. Stop being so sensitive. It was just a joke. Ha, 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 ha. They add like ha to the end of a sentence and that's supposed to be funny. You know, you get, you, you can't take a joke. Come on. And, you know, I've actually heard teenage girls with their boyfriends say things like, oh, that's just a joke that we have between us. They'll actually, you know, go along with it and and say that it's okay. Don't do that. Don't say that it's okay. Don't gaslight yourself. Those are red flags. These are lies that narcissists want you to believe. If, if it's hurtful, then it's hurtful. It's not okay if you're being disrespected. Okay. You're not being too sensitive. They are being hurtful. So don't allow your feelings to be invalidated. You know, jokes at your expense are not funny. You know, when they say you're too sensitive, you know, that's not true. Don't use jokes or things like that to, as an excuse to invalidate your feelings. And when they say things like, you know, uh, oh, my attempt at humor, you know, I'm sorry for my attempt at humor or something like that. That's not an apology. That's not an apology. You know, an apology is, I shouldn't have said that. That was disrespectful, period. So you're being too sensitive is a lie that narcissists want you to believe. Liars, they are liars. These are lies that narcissists want you to believe, right? Lies that narcissists want you to believe, all right? So the next lie that narcissists want you to believe is that you are imagining things. So huge, so huge. I actually had a client in my law practice watch her husband. She followed her husband with a woman all the way to a hotel, go into the hotel. They stayed in the hotel for a couple of hours. She sat in the car, watched her husband and the woman come out of the hotel, told the husband that she saw the woman and him Go into the hotel, stay in the hotel, go out of the hotel. And then the hotel, the, the husband said, you're imagining things that didn't happen, that they did go in there, but they didn't do anything in the hotel, but talk. That's all they did was talk while they sat in the hotel room. And she said, okay, that she believed him. I'm telling you that that is a massive gaslight. And these are lies that narcissists want you to believe. Uh, You're imagining things that didn't happen. You're mistaken. I would never do that. The narcissist gaslights you into doubting your own reality. That's what they do. So, you know, and when it happens over and over and over again, you start to believe these things. You start to believe 
that you're crazy. And I think that you have to just start remembering, you have to start to push back on yourself and go, no, that is not true. That is, your reality is different than mine. We see things differently. That is not how it happened. That is not what I'm seeing. All right. So that is another common lie that narcissists want you to believe. You're imagining things. Another lie that narcissists want you to believe is it's not a big deal. It is not a big deal. The narcissist will try to downplay the severity of their hurtful behavior by telling you that things are not a big deal. They might say something like, it's not a big deal if I cheat on you because I love you. The other person didn't mean anything to me. You're the one that means everything to me. The other one, it was just sex. You are the one that I love. So it's not a big deal. Um, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. And that's, so that's a lie that they want you to believe. Oh, you know what? It's not a big deal if, you know, I made a big mistake at work. You know, we lost some money. It's not a big deal because I can get it back. You know what? It is a big deal because it's an integrity issue. You know, they get you to not focus on what is the problem. These are lies that they want you to believe. And they don't want you to see the truth. The truth is that their behavior is not acceptable. That's the truth. So it is a big deal. So these are lies that the narcissist wants you to believe. And the last one is the biggest one and the most important one here. And that is the final lie, the biggest, the hairiest, the scariest lie that the narcissist wants you to believe. And this is the one when you're trying to leave, you're trying to get out the door, you're trying to discard, you're trying to finally escape, your hair is on fire, you're like in survival mode. It's like, let me get out of here. And that is the narcissist will say, I'll change. I can change. You'll see. It will all be different. That is a massive lie. It is a future fake. They will promise. They will promise to do anything. They will promise to be better in the future. You'll see. I know I've been acting this way. I will, you'll see the better version and they'll be better for a little while, which tells you, by the way, that they know how they're supposed to be. They know how they're supposed to act. They know that their behavior is wrong, but it won't last. It'll only last for a little short period of time and then it'll start to come back. They will never keep their promises. They will start acting the way that they were before, only it'll be worse. It'll end up being worse and it will be, you know, so much more heinous than it ever was in the past. The narcissists aren't capable of change and it's going to end up being spiraling, spiraling, spiraling. So know that narcissists can't change. That is the worst lie of all, the worst lie of all. It's no secret that narcissists are pathological liars and that they're gaslighting all the time. And why do they do that? Because they have no sense of self. They don't feel any internal sense of value. So they have to suck all their value from the people and environment around them. And they do that by 
pathologically lying and doing things that they need to do in order to control people. And, you know, they have all kinds of favorite control tactics and manipulation tactics. And if you want to know what their favorite manipulation and punishment tactics are, check out my video on the narcissist's favorite manipulation and punishment tactics. But there are many, 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 too many to really encompass all in one video, which is why I have an entire channel devoted to this particular topic, which also is devoted to help give you step-by-step guidance on how to get out of these relationships. I've seen it so much in my law practice. I've had to deal with them in my personal life. You know, they get narcissistic supply by anything that feeds their ego, which, you know, could be anything that feeds anybody's ego, like compliments and respect and things like that. But most often where they get their supply is by the things that they do, by lying, manipulating, intimidating, making people feel afraid, um, gaslighting, smear campaigns, all of those things that they do. And lying is one of the things that they do because they don't want you to see what you're think what you think you're seeing, which is that this person is a liar, that this person is not who they say they are. So this it's this constant game of of smoke and mirrors to try to get you to not see what they don't want you to see, which is that inside they're a scared little creature that has no sense of self, that you are actually the stronger one. You are actually the one that has more power, that has more value from, from their perspective. I mean, all human beings have value, inherent value, but they don't feel it. And so they don't want you to feel it either. Uh, they are extremely petty it, and they live in a world of scarcity, not abundance. And so lying is a way of life for them. Now, honestly, they lie about things that they don't even need to lie about, which is kind of crazy to me. And they also lie about things that are very easily verifiable sometimes. And then they tell you that you're not seeing what you're seeing, which is what gaslighting is. There are certain types of lies that they specifically say to you throughout your relationship. So these are kind of like the most common. I'm sure that there's a lot of others, but these are the most common. So the first one is, ironically and paradoxically, no one is more truthful than me. Uh, You're going to never find anyone who's more truthful, more honest, has more integrity than me. I always tell the truth. I always tell it like I see it. And they say it with such confidence that you believe them, at least early on. Um, My dad used to say, whatever you say, say it with authority and people will believe you. And narcissists have taken that to an extreme. So they say things, even though, you know, you see their lips moving and you know that you've seen a text message or uh, you've had a situation where you know that they're lying, you know that they're lying. Even if you specifically say, here's an email where you said this, it's very clear that you're lying. 
they'll say, no, I am, that's not true. That's not how it went. That's not what's happening, um, which is a form of gaslighting, by the way. But the first thing that they will say is, no one is more truthful than I am. The second thing that they say is some form of, I love you, I care about you, I'm here for you. And if you want to know more about what a narcissist means when they say, I love you, and what they don't mean when they say, I love you, check out my video on what does a narcissist mean when they say, I love you. When they are saying, I love you, I care about you, I'm here for you, it's not that that's what they actually feel because true narcissists have no ability, no capacity to feel anything for anyone else. They don't, they just lack that synapse. It's like missing from their makeup, from their brain. It's just broken and it can't be fixed. They, they cannot truly love another person. They cannot truly care about another person. And they certainly don't want to be there for anybody else. They only want what they can get out of you. And so they will say these things sometimes to get you to do what they want you to do or think what you, they want you to think or get off of whatever it is that you're on them about just to, um, you know, say what they need to say. Sometimes it's a form of future faking. And if you want to know more about future faking, you should definitely check out my video on that. But, you know, they don't, they don't really love you. They don't, they're not really there for you and they don't care about you. And you can tell that because their actions speak louder than words. You know, try getting sick. And, and expecting a narcissist to actually care about you uh, and be there for you. I mean, if you're lucky, they just don't feel anything. Most of the time, what they really do is um, they, they resent you. They resent the fact that you might want care or attention or uh, some something from them because that means that you're not paying attention to them. And there's not enough to go around in their world, you know, like they're very scarcity minded. So if you want something, that means they can't have it. The second thing is, I love you. I care about you. I'm there for you. The third one is, I'm sorry, or things will be different. And, you know, I call it narcissist faux apologies. Uh, And if you want to know more about, uh, you know, what a faux apology is, check out my video on what a narcissist really is doing when they say I'm sorry. But most of the time, narcissists really don't even say sorry. But if they do, it's definitely to manipulate you, to try to get something out of you. It might just be lip service and because it's in front of somebody and they want the person that the third party to see it. It may be just to shut you up. It, it, it may be kind of even more like a, um, a sarcastic apology. I'm sorry that I couldn't be better for you or something like that, but um, they really don't mean it. There's never any real remorse for their actions. So when they say, I'm sorry, it's definitely a lie, unfortunately. And if you, so the fourth lie that they often tell is, I promise. I promise I'll do better. I promise that I will 
be the most amazing spouse, husband, wife, business partner, mother, father, sister, brother, neighbor, whatever it is. Nobody is going to be better than me. I'm the best at whatever it is. So I promise that the way things are going to be are the most amazing things in the world. And again, this is a form of future faking. And it's basically a future that they know they're never going to um, make good on. They're never going to follow through with these promises. And they just want to say whatever they want to say just to get you to do what they want you to do at that moment or, or feel the way they want you to feel right at that moment, which is that they're wonderful, you're the one who has the problem, or that, you know, however, whatever it is that you, you have a problem with them right now about, it's not going to be that way in the future. So just like, you know, get off of it. Let's just deflect it, deny it, move on. Uh, so I promise that's the fourth lie that you often hear from a narcissist. And the last common lie that you often hear from a narcissist is it's not my fault. I didn't do it. Or if I did, it was because somebody else had a problem. Somebody else didn't follow through on what they were supposed to do. Uh, it's your fault. You know, I could have done it except for you getting in my way. Uh, but for whatever reason, it's not their fault. What are seven horrible lies that the narcissist is going to tell about you to their new supply? Number one is I took all my money and left me homeless. Boo hoo. Yep, that's what they're going to say. Uh, they stole all my money. And that's why I don't have any. They left me homeless and penniless. They love to play the victim for their new supply. And of course, that's why they're going to get their new supply to pay for everything for them. And, you know, the old expression, nobody falls in love faster than a narcissist who needs a place to live. So they're going to get their new supply to pay for everything for them, move into their new supplies place. And the new supply is going to feel so sorry for them. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you had to go through all of that. Yes, I know. It took all my money, left me homeless and penniless. And they'll get into all this agreement about how horrible you were because you took everything from them. So that's number one. Number two is, oh my goodness, we hadn't had sex in forever because, you know, they repulsed me. They're going to make it seem like sex hadn't been a thing in forever. And even if it's totally not true, they'll make it seem like there hadn't been a physical relationship in a really, really long time. They just make, a, make up lies about whatever your relationship was to make it seem like it was way worse than it, it actually was because they want to make it seem like they are such a victim. They want their new source of supply to feel sorry for them and gang up on you because then, of course, 
if there are ongoing issues, especially with the children, if there are children involved, they want their new source of supply to help turn the children against you, to get involved. I can tell you as an attorney, then the new source of supply starts writing all the messages in our family wizard, starts getting involved, starts writing all the messages to the attorneys as well. It gets super, super messy, really, really annoying. I can tell you that, that's for sure. Number three is I started to allude to this. They turned my children against me. So now what happens is if the children are against this person, they're going to blame it on you. They're going to say that you are the one that alienated the children. You're the one that caused the problems with the children, that the reason why the children don't like this other person is because you caused it. It had nothing to do with them. It had nothing to do with the fact that they may be a bad person, or maybe they were a bad parent, or maybe they weren't good to you. And the kids saw that. It had all to do with the fact that you turned the children against them. All right. That's the next one. The next one is that I was never in love with him or her. And, you know, this can be especially painful for you to hear. And let me just tell you, don't take that personally because a narcissist never could love you anyway. And I have a video on on why the narcissist hates you. And I would definitely watch that video because the narcissist doesn't have the capacity to love anyone, including themselves. They hate everybody. So definitely check out that video. And don't take anything personally that the narcissist is saying about you, about them, about any of this. But this one can be especially painful to hear. So just take it with a grain of salt when this might come back to you. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive your store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business, Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bestlife, all lowercase. Go to Shopify dot com slash best life to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash best life. The next one is I wanted to commit suicide every day when I was with him or her. I mean, 
They get so dramatic. They thrive on this drama, you know? So they'll say things like that. Oh my God, I was like in such a depression every day when I was with him or her. I wanted to commit suicide. You know, I couldn't wait to escape when I was with him or her, please. I mean, you know, like they act like every day was like in prison when they were with you. That's another one. Another one was they'll make it sound like you were so jealous or, or possessive because they want to make it sound like you were so in love with him or her, you know, that you were clawing all over him or her all the time and that you just couldn't live without this person, but they couldn't stand you. So you were super jealous and possessive. They never loved you. They were repulsed by you. You took all their money. They were victimized by you. You know, they they have this huge narrative about how jealous and possessive and in love with you, but yet, you know, they were completely repulsed by you. So that's the next one. And then the last one is that you told lies about them to everyone. So whatever the narrative is that's going around about them, about how horrible they were, you know, whether it was they were abusive or a horrible parent or whatever it is, all of it is a bunch of lies that you spread. It has nothing to do with the truth. You know, maybe it was that they didn't pay child support or that they were a terrible provider, whatever it is that you might've said, they're alcoholic or, you know, all of it was a bunch of lies that you spread. It had nothing to do with reality. You caused it. They had no culpability, no responsibility in any of that. They were perfect. They were a perfect wife, perfect husband, perfect mother, father, whatever it was. You were just horrible. You know, they have no idea why you were the way you were because, you know, obviously you were crazy or delusional and just caused all of this problem all on your own. Now, if you're dealing with a narcissist, which you obviously must be, or you wouldn't be here watching these videos, then you're dealing with a liar because they are one and the same. Narcissists are liars. If you're dealing with a narcissist, you're dealing with a liar. That's just one of those things that can't be pulled out of their personality. They just feel like they have to lie all the time to survive. Because remember, just to give you a little primer on narcissism, a little narcissism 101, narcissists have no inner sense of value. They have to get all their value from the external. And so they get that in the form of supply, which is their lifeblood, their food source. And supply can be money and prestige and compliments, but supply is also controlling and devaluing people and gaslighting people and things like that. But they feel like they have to manipulate all the time. They're master manipulators, but the reason why they're master manipulators is because something happened with them when they were children and they 
were traumatized in some way, and they drew this conclusion that in order for them to survive in the world, they have to manipulate the world. They, they just don't believe that they can just get something by just asking for it, by just being normal, by just being reasonable the way we all, the rest of the world acts. So they, they feel like they have to grasp onto whatever they can to in the world, and they feel like they have to manipulate that. And so a big part of that is lying. And they'll lie about all sorts of things, which is the kind of crazy thing, because they'll even lie about things that are readily verifiable, that down the road, it's it's going to be pretty obvious that they've lied. And so it's pretty easy to catch them in a lie. So let's talk about the kinds of things that narcissists lie about. So one of the things that they'll lie about is they'll say, I promise. I promise that I'll take care of this. I promise that I'll do this. I promise that I'll be faithful to you. I promise that I will show up on time. I promise. I promise. I promise. And then they don't end up doing what they say they're going to do, or they they don't show up and then they lie about what they were doing instead, or they they try to get out of it in some way and they feel like they have to lie about it. So that's number one. They say, I promise. The second type of lie that they'll tell you is it's not my fault. So they'll say, you know, yeah, that happened, but it wasn't my fault and here's why. So you'll hear that kind of lie all the time as well. The third type of lie that you'll hear is don't worry. And, you know, they're supposed to make you feel better because they say, don't worry, you know, they're on top of it, they'll take care of it, whatever, and then they don't end up doing it. That's another type of lie that you'll hear. Another way that they lie is gaslighting. Gaslighting is a huge biggie for narcissists, but gaslighting is, in short, just a way of of making you think that you're crazy. So they'll say, oh, we talked about that. Don't you remember? You agreed. Or, oh, that's not how that went. Or, oh, no, this is how that went. Don't you remember? And, you know, they just are are saying things to you that are just not true to manipulate your thought process so that you start to think that you're paranoid or that the problem is with you. So gaslighting is another big form of lying that they engage in. What happens when you catch a narcissist in a lie? If you confront them, what are they going to do? Deny, deflect, devalue, and dismiss. Those are the four Ds, and we're going to go through each one of those. So deny. It wasn't me. I didn't do that. That didn't happen that way. Nope. Nope. Denied. Okay, so that one's pretty easy to understand. They deny it. Did you know that Americans spend more than 90% of their time indoors and that in some cases, indoor air can actually be more polluted than outdoor air? And that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths across the world every year. Airborne allergens are the most common allergy triggers such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. 
We are so happy to introduce an air purifier that captured the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and more. Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens so that your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor is amazing and it comes with no questions asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to airdoctor.com and use the promo code Your Best Life. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 40% off. You're saving up to 40% off. Lock in this special offer by going to AIR. D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O dot com and use the promo code Your Best Life. Number two is deflect. Oh, it, it was you or it was this person or it was some other reason that it happened that way. It was because this happened. It was because I couldn't get there on time. It was because this person dropped the ball. It was because whatever They're deflecting it onto someone else. It wasn't their responsibility. Somebody else had the problem or someone or something else was the problem. Number three is devalue. Now it's your fault. You were the problem. You're the one. You caused it. It's because of your mistakes. It's because you were too difficult. It was because you weren't good enough. It was because you said something wrong. It was because you did something wrong. It's because you didn't do something right. It's because you did do something that you weren't supposed to do. Whatever. They're going to devalue you. It was, it was your problem or, 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 something that you did that was wrong. And if you want to know more about devaluing, you should check out my video on narcissistic devaluing because it's actually one of the stages in a narcissistic relationship, love bombing, devaluing, and discarding. So devaluing is a huge part of a narcissistic relationship. And number four is dismiss. They'll just dismiss it. Oh, it didn't really matter. Oh, can't we just move on? Oh, let's just not even think about it anymore. Let's just forget about it. So it's just like it swept under the rug and it's just dismissed. So even if it was, if it was something super hurtful to you, your feelings aren't going to be acknowledged. They're not going to apologize to you. They're just going to say, oh, too bad and keep going. So just remember, if you catch a narcissist in a lie, the last thing that you're going to get is, oh, you're right. I shouldn't have said that. Or you're right. I wasn't truthful. Or I I apologize. I'm sure I hurt your feelings. I'm sure that that was awful for you. You know, those kinds of responses are not going to happen. You're not going to be acknowledged for, you know, whatever they put you through. It's, It's going to be some version of devalue, deflect, dismiss or, or deny, you know, it's going to be one of those four things. It's not going to have anything to do with them. And the reason why is because they can't have it take away their sense of self. You know, they just, they have so little sense of self that, that any amount of taking responsibility for their actions to them is almost like, dying inside. It's like, it's like survival. So you're not going to see them take responsibility for those lies. They're, they're just going to figure out some way that it's not going to get pinned onto them. Coming up more on negotiate your best life with Rebecca Zone. But just understand that yes, they do this, 
Yes, they're trying to trigger you. Yes, they're trying to get you to look like the crazy one. That's why they do it. They want you to be triggered. Are you struggling with a narcissist in your life? Whether it's a family member, a friend, a business partner, a soon-to-be ex, whoever it is, are you ready to shift that power dynamic, but you're just feeling like you cannot win, like everybody is believing their lies, and you're just feeling like there's just no way that you can shift that power dynamic. I've got a brand new masterclass for you. I'm sharing all my secrets, and so that you can finally take back your power and break free from this hell emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I've never done this free masterclass before. Go to Break Free From Hell and sign up. Come be with me and get my secrets so that you can finally take back your power and break free. Break free from hell and let's do this. Take a listen to our archive, where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. Always just expect him to act like that, because isn't that how he acts? Isn't that how he is? Right? And if you can start to have a a mindset shift of expect them to act like that and actually just be surprised if they act like a regular reasonable person, be pleasantly surprised if they do, then it will help you with dealing with it. And now we return to today's show. How do you become non-reactive? So hard, right? So hard. It's like feels impossible because they just want to trigger you. That is their main goal. They know that if they trigger you, then they have you. That's what they want to do. Why do they do that? They do that because, well, for a number of reasons. First of all, they enjoy it. They actually enjoy it. They enjoy watching you become unglued. It's theater to them. They get narcissistic supply from it. That's like anything that feeds their ego. They know they have control over you then. They know that they still have power over you. They know that they still can get something from you, right? They know that they have that like spinjali thing going on over you. If you get triggered, that's one of the reasons that they do it. And another reason, even more sinister, even more stealth, even way worse, is because they get you to do things that they can potentially use against you. And as a lawyer, I'm telling you right now, and in negotiations, it's so much worse because it's like getting arrested. Negotiating with a narcissist is like getting arrested. Anything you can undo or say will potentially be used against you. So it's so, so important because... Anything that you write, anything you put your hand to is a potential trial exhibit or is a potential thing that they're going to use against you in negotiations. So it's really important to become non-reactive in negotiations. So how do you do that? Well, one way you can do that is to know your truth. Know who you are, right? 
know who you are. I love the book, The Four Agreements. It's four agreements you make with yourself. And one of the agreements that you make with yourself is you don't take things personally because the way people treat other people is always a direct reflection of the way they feel about themselves. I love the expression, you can't chase every dog that barks. I mean, you know, people are always going to be saying things. You can't take things personally. And I had this teacher one time, it was this meditation teacher who said to to me, if people say things to you, just, you know, take a listen to it and then decide is it true? And if it's true, then clean it up. Do you know, do I need to apologize? Do I need to, what do I need to do? If it's not true, then just, you know, move on. When people are attacking you and you want to look fearless, by the way, I have a whole video on that called how to look fearless when a narcissist is attacking you. You can definitely check that out. But Just know your truth, know who you are, and don't defend yourself, by the way. I have a whole video on that too, because when you defend yourself, that's when you're being a victim. So don't defend yourself, know your truth, just stand in your power. And that's one way to become non-reactive. Don't defend yourself, just state your facts. And you know, you never explain, justify, overshare. You don't get into the trenches with them. You just know your truth, state your facts, stand in your power. So that's number one. Number two is look at things as an observer. You don't process things emotionally. You look at them as a third-party observer, almost like you're watching a tennis match or you're watching it happen. It's not actually happening to you. You're watching it. Like there's this glass shield that's happening right here and you're just seeing it happen. Oh, I just saw those words come past me. Oh, I just saw them go that direction. I saw that this person said this thing to me. Oh, that's an Because I want you just to start practicing, I see you, because it's almost like you're playing tennis and you're volleying it back to them. I see you. I see you. You're pushing it back. You're pushing it back to them. You're looking at it as an observer. You're not allowing it to come over to you. It's not coming to your side of the equation. Got it? You're just looking at it as an observer. You're not being triggered. You are not reactive. That's number two. And number three, number three is advice that I take myself all the time, every day. And that is I never leave my thoughts unsupervised. Never leave your thoughts unsupervised. It is a constant process. What your input is, is what your output is going to be. Obviously, when you're at work, when you are doing things, you're going to be busy. Your thoughts are going to be whatever your thoughts are going to be when you're focused on something else. But when your thoughts have those times of being able to just think whatever they're going to think, I think we think like ah, 40 thoughts a minute, 100 thoughts a minute, whatever it is. And a lot of times our thoughts go toward the negative if we don't train them properly. So train them, 
train them properly. So how do you do that? You make sure that you keep your vibrational level high, good thoughts, positive thoughts, joy, happiness, contentment, peace. Those are high vibrational thoughts. You want to make sure you keep them high. So how do you do that? You listen to audiobooks, you listen to YouTube videos, you listen to podcasts, whatever it is that you need to listen to to make sure that those thoughts are going where you need to go. And you can listen to books that are going to keep you motivated, keep you positive, keep you energized, keep you feeling good, whatever it is, whoever makes you feel good, whoever makes you feel like I'm ready, I'm good, this is great. Because thoughts are just thoughts. Those are just beams of energy that are firing off in your brain. That's all they are. And you can rewire them to be whatever you want them to be and create whatever you want. And you can literally manifest whatever life you want to manifest. You just got to reprogram the thoughts. Okay, so that's number three. Never leave your thoughts unsupervised. And that's how you start to become non-reactive to people and how you can start to become not triggered by those crazy toxic people in your life, which is super critical when you are dealing with them, when you're negotiating with them, whether it's a formal negotiation or whether it's just a conversation and you're just communicating with them on a daily basis. I mean, the types of false allegations or accusations when you're dealing with narcissists are really endless. I mean, completely infinite. And honestly, the funny thing is they will contradict themselves over and over and over again. That's the thing that's really interesting and and also very, very helpful for you because this is where you can start building your leverage. This is where my slay methodology will very, very much help you. Strategy, leverage, anticipate where they're going to go, be two steps ahead of them and focus on you, your case and your position. That's what the slay methodology is. And it will very much help you because they are liars. And you know what judges hate more than anything? They hate liars and narcissists are lazy. They're also very, very lazy. They also ignore court orders and judges hate lazy liars who ignore court orders. And narcissists are all of those things. And I'll tell you that at the end of the day, if you are just diligent in keeping track of these things, you really will be able to catch them. And so the thing that you have to remember is to just keep your wits about you and and remember who you're dealing with and not allow them to get the best of you. Understand who it is that you're dealing with. And every time they do one of those things that they do, just say, thank you very much. You just gave me something else. Understand that what it is that you're building. You have to play a little bit of the long game. All right. So I'm going to give you six ways to deal with the narcissist's false allegations, but just understand that yes, they do this. 
Yes, they're trying to trigger you. Yes, they're trying to get you to look like the crazy one. That's why they do it. They want you to be triggered, number one, because they get supply from it. Number two, they want you to look like the crazy one. So when you get sucked into that mud and you react, they go, oh, look, you're the crazy one. And you you took that bait, hook, line, and sinker. They use your reaction against you. And there you go. Don't get sucked into it. So that's number two. And then number three, as long as you are giving them that supply, as long as they catch that fish, they will never leave you alone because you are giving them that supply. So you don't want to go into it because of that as well. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we carry them and we bottle them up, it can definitely affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get them off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know it's definitely been helpful for me in learning how to deal with past trauma and set boundaries and be the best version of myself. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's super convenient because it's all online and flexible. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash negotiate today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash negotiate. All right, six ways to deal with the narcissist's false allegations. Number one, you can respond. Do not react. Do not react. And I know you know that that was where I was going, right? You know, it's like they got the fish. (laughs) Do not give them that. Unless you want to be that fish that they reeled in. Don't be that for them. You know, you can respond. Do not react. Just picture yourself. You're that fish that they've reeled in. Okay? Don't be that. So that's one way to deal with the... Narcissist false allegations. Number two, make sure to document, document, document. And in my slay program, I have the 12 areas that you should be documenting. I have a whole chart on that and I have a whole module on this, but make sure that you are being very, very diligent on how you are documenting and do it in real time. Please do yourself a favor and do it in real time. It is so hard to go back and try to recreate. Oh, what was that? What day was that? And they do, they give you so much material. They really do. I remember a case one time where, you know, the wife threw the son, it was like a 14 year old son, threw him out of the house at, you know, four o'clock in the morning. Just she had a big fight with the sun. It's like in the middle of December. It was like cold out. This husband had to go pick up the sun. And she sends the husband an email saying, Yeah, it's probably better if we take some time apart from each other. You should call the school bus service and have the bus start picking him up at your house, you know, for now. 
And then the next thing you know, the lawyer gets a motion saying that husband has been withholding son from wife and all of this stuff. When there's an email out there that says, you know, you should call the bus service. I mean, it's like mind blowing, you know, but this is the kind of thing that they do. So that's why you document, 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 you keep it in a file. You know, you just have all this stuff, you have it ready to go so that you don't have to go back. You don't have to go look for all this stuff. What day was that? You know what I'm saying? keep track of it in real time. And I have a whole other video, by the way, on how to keep your cool against narcissists. Definitely check that out too. So that's number two. Number three is don't get sucked into the mud. Do not get sucked into the mud. Start looking at it as if you're a third party. You know, try try starting to look at it as if you're an observer. I have a video where I was interviewing Judge Lynn Toler from Television's Divorce Court, and she talked about that too, where you just start looking at it as if you're looking at something happening. Oh, I see that you're upset. Oh, I see that, you know, you are unhappy about something. You want to tell me more about that? You know, because you have to understand that these are people who are just deeply unhappy and that that's what you're dealing with. So, you know, don't don't be surprised when they act like themselves. Be surprised if they act normal. Okay? So that's number 3 way to deal with a narcissist, false allegations. And then number four is become like Teflon when it comes to those guilt trips. You know, they're going to try to guilt you into things a lot of times. You know, that's another way that they try to suck you in to the, this thing. You know, one way, of course, is they try to trigger you by getting you angry or saying things. But another way is they try to guilt you into it. Oh, you know, I thought maybe you might want to take care of your family, or I thought that you were a better mother than that, but I guess not. You know, something like that. Don't go for the guilt thing either. You know, become like Teflon, you know, stand in your power. You know what's right. Just remember, you know, keep your focus on what you know to be fair, what you know to be what's right, what you know to be what's equitable. Don't allow their manipulation to to get inside your head anymore. Because a lot of times the voices inside your head, especially if you've been with this person for a long time, are their voices and not your voices and not the voices of what's reality or what's your own voice. And, and that's why you know, you've got to create these boundaries and you've got to start staying away from them and keeping your interactions as brief and unemotional as possible and just not allowing them to penetrate your space. So don't allow them to penetrate. Okay, so that's number four. And number five. Number five is use one method for communications. And again, this is your way 
of not allowing yourself to be attacked from 50 different directions, right? So you're going to use one method for communication and it really should be just email or an app. If you have children, you can use an app. Again, they may try to goad you. They may try to say, oh, you know, why do you have to be so rigid? We can talk in different directions. We can talk. How come we can't, you know, just meet somewhere or whatever, especially because you know, they're going to try to push the boundaries, push the different directions. Just don't do that. Don't engage. Just say, you know, no, we're, we're going to use one form and it's going to be email. You know, and if you have kids, an app is great. And I do recommend especially having it turned into a court order because that way, if they don't use the app, you can file a motion for contempt or whatever because you know, they're, they're going to push the envelope and, and you need to start to heal and you need to start having time away because that's where you'll start to be able to move away from this whole situation. Okay. So that's the fifth way that you get to deal with a narcissist false allegations. One method for communication that can be tracked. And finally, the last way is Try not to ever be alone with the narcissist because they'll say things. I mean, I had a client one time who they did the exchange and with the child. And then after they did the exchange with the child, the husband wrote in the, the app, thanks for agreeing to switch weekends next weekend. I really appreciate that. That conversation never even took place. I mean, it was wild stuff, you know, but that's what they do. That wasn't a false allegation. It was just a false conversation, but that's, that's what they do. It's like a wild odyssey when it comes to dealing with narcissists. So, you know, really try not to be alone with the narcissist. If you can try to do your exchanges in front of other people, if possible, you know, I recommend parallel parenting plans when you're dealing with narcissists, meaning, you know, you just try to have as little interaction as possible. Do your exchanges at schools, meaning drop off in the morning, pick up in the afternoon, just try not to have, ever have to see each other. Do all of your interaction through the app. I mean, as far as the communication goes. So those are six ways that you can deal with a narcissist false allegations. Basically, you're just trying to make sure that there's always a way that you can prove things. And as I said, you know, there are always ways that you can beat narcissists in court. It's actually very easy to beat narcissists in court. All right. So eight ways to move on from narcissists. The first thing you have to do. Now, remember, you've been conditioned from the beginning. You've been love bomb. You've been charmed. They come along. They are the most charming, incredible people on the planet. Seriously, they know how to become exactly what it is that you need to see because they've been reading you from the beginning. The reason why they know how to do that is because they started off from the time that they were children as needing this as a survival skill. 
I say, you know, like Malcolm Gladwell's like 10,000 hours to achieve mastery, right? They had like their 10,000 hours by the time when they were like 10 years old, because this is a survival skill for them to be able to read people, to be able to become exactly what they need you to be, or you need them to be rather. So they've been conditioning you from the beginning. So the first thing you need to do is go no contact. And that's like the hardest thing to do. So I say step one, don't run. Go no contact right away because you are shutting down the fumes. You're shutting down that toxic energy, that toxic stuff that's in your in your air. I, I saw somebody talking one time about this analogy of somebody, and it's kind of gross. So I'm just going to go there, okay? But it is kind of gross, but I, I have to go there. This analogy of somebody peeing in your pool, right? Like if you were standing in your own pool or your own hot tub or whatever, and somebody peed in it, you'd be like, that's disgusting. Get out and don't ever come here ever again. But that's kind of what they're doing. It's like that toxic stuff like there. And you got to get it away from you. So you've, you've got to go no contact so that you can start to clean up that energy so you can start to feel better. Part of the way that you do that is, I'm going to say, go to number two, which is to start to set boundaries for yourself. All right. So how do you set boundaries? Well, one of the ways that you can set boundaries for yourself is to have one form of communication. Because one of the things that is going to happen when you decide to move on is that they're going to just go insane because they realize that they're losing a form of narcissistic supply. They're losing their grip on you. The difference between you as a person and you as a possession because they don't care about you as a person. They're going to love bomb you and they're going to make it seem like they care about you as a person, but they don't care about you as a person. They're going to go after you as a possession. Oh, there goes my form of supply. There goes what I need. They need you to be filling that, that hole for them. They don't care about you as a, a person. They don't care about your needs or ever satisfying your needs. So they're, but they're going to light you up. They're going to show up at your house or office. They're going to be sending you all kinds of emails. They're going to be guilt tripping you. They're going to be flooding your inbox. They're going to be flooding your emails, flooding your, flooding your texts. They're going to go crazy on you and they're going to guilt trip you and they know exactly the things to say. And you just, you can't allow that to happen. So you've got to like winnow it down to one form of communication and you've, you've got to allow yourself to have that space to heal. And the communication, if you're having any communication at all, you know, I, I say no communication at all, but if you're, if you have to communicate with this person, then it's got to be only one form of communication. And 
and you know it's only about the kids or it's only about work or it's only about this particular topic. So how do you set those boundaries? You pretend like you're reporting the news. Basically, you you don't explain, you don't justify, you don't defend yourself. You don't you don't need to go point by point by point and explain every single thing. If they send you this whole long email on every single thing accusing you of everything under the sun, you can just say, I deny that. I deny everything you said there. That's all you need to say. And then you can just go through and pick out the one thing that you need to respond to and that's it. And I, you know, I recommend that if you have to correspond, you use email or you use if you have children, you can use one of those apps that you want something that has a time and date stamp, you want something that can't be manipulated. Texts can be easily manipulated and they don't have a time and date stamp, okay? So those are the first two ways that you can start to move on. The next way that you can start to move on is is start to get educated. Start to get educated. Start to get information. Start to get all the knowledge that you can. Because the more knowledge that you start to gain, the, the more that you start to realize, hey, this wasn't me. This was them. And you start to realize this was a person that was broken. And you'll start to realize, you know, I I don't I can't, I don't need to take this personally because I I know that I have value. And the faster you start to recognize that, the faster you will start to heal. So start to gain knowledge, start to get educated, start to understand narcissism, start to understand whatever it is that you need to understand, whatever it is the process is that you need to understand, right? So if you are getting ready to go into a negotiation, start understanding that process. If you know whatever it is that you need to start educating yourself on, that's the next step of what you need to do. Okay. The next thing that you need to do is start documenting absolutely everything. Document, document, document absolutely everything. Document everything that you need to document because you you definitely are going to be needing to protect yourself. Remember that, you know, they're going to try to trigger you. They're going to try to do things to try to get under your skin. Anticipate that. Start creating a strategy. Start creating your leverage. That's my slay methodology, right? So strategy, leverage, anticipate, focus on you. It works. It absolutely works. And remember, your leverage is going to be thinking about your diamond level supply and your coal level supply. What's going to be more important for a narcissist to protect and defend than the the supply that they get from jerking you around, right? And and that's how you develop it. And you know that's what I teach you in my slay program. And 
By the way, if you don't have access to a support system, you know, we do offer that in my free Facebook group, you know, so make sure you join that. You know, you definitely want to have access to support. And and we do have a sponsor on this channel, which is BetterHelp. And you can go to betterhelp.com forward slash Rebecca Zung to get that help if you need it, because we just want you to have access to the help and support that and guidance that you need. Something that you can trust. We get commissions on that. It doesn't cost you any extra. So that's the next thing. The next thing that you're going to want to do is start to visualize. Start to visualize the things that you actually want. Where is it that you want to go? What is it that you actually want to do? What is it that you want from your life? Because, you know, a lot of times people don't think about that. When you're dealing with a narcissist, you know, you you spent so much time defending yourself. You you forget to actually think about what it is that you want. And you, you've been erased for so long too, that you kind of almost forgot about the fact that you get to have needs, you get to have wants, you get to have thoughts for yourself because they didn't allow that for you for so long either too. So this is your moment. This is your moment to get to go, wow, I get to have a life and I get to think about the great things in my life. And, you know, somebody recently said to me that he was going to think about the majors in his life instead of the minors in his life. And I thought that was such a beautiful thought. The majors in his life are the big Fs, he said, instead of the small things. So, you know, family and finances and, you know, like the the major amazing things in his life, right? So think about the big things in your life that matter to you the most, that matter to you the most, you know, and for him, he included philanthropy in that. It's like an F sound, you know, and, and he considered, you know, all of the major things in his life that matter to him the most. So think about the things in your life that matter to you the most. Write those down and start visualizing those things. What matters to you the most and and start writing them out and start creating a plan for that. And then the next thing is, I want you to think about taking time to allow yourself to be okay with being sad, be okay with being angry, be okay with sitting with your feelings. So I'm going to just say, allow yourself to go, I'm going to just be okay with whatever it is that I feel. Because you know what? The only way out is through. And you you can't rush that. You can't rush that. I just had a whole conversation with somebody who was had dealt with a lot of trauma in, a, in many different ways because of a husband, because of several different things. And she was you know, kind of upset with herself because she felt like she should be further along. And I reminded her it had only been like six months since certain things had happened, you know, with her husband and with other things. And she was like, you know what? You're right. 
has only been six months, you know? So allow yourself time to process and don't be too hard on yourself. If you're still feeling sad, you're still feeling angry, you're still feeling resentful, you're still feeling like you missed the person, that's okay too. Because, you know, especially if you had a life with a person for a long time, that's all right. You know, you can sit there and journal out what it is that you're feeling and say, I'm still feeling this or that or whatever. Emotions are tricky things, you know, and things can be triggered by the craziest things too. You know, we can be triggered by a smell. We can be triggered by hearing a song. We can be triggered by seeing somebody that you know. You can be triggered just by seeing an interaction because, you know, our brain is networked, right? And just the familiarity of certain things causes a network of neurons to be engaged. And then there you are, you know, it all gets lit up in there and things start getting fired up and there you are, right? So it's okay to have that happen. So the next thing I'm going to say to you is find your vibe tribe. Find your vibe tribe because that is critically important. Critically important to have that support group. And I started to allude to that a little bit earlier in this where I said, you know, join join the Facebook group and find, you know, your therapist and that sort of thing. That is just so important. So important to have that vibe tribe, to have that self-care, to find your ways to have your self-care. Because if you don't have ways to take care of yourself, have ways to find your vibe tribe, you're not going to make it because you need support. One of the things that narcissists have done from the beginning is isolate you. And I do have a an inner circle that I definitely invite you to join as well. It's my Slay Inner Circle and the link for that is slayinnercircle.com. You, you want to have a place where you can go, where you can feel accepted, supported, loved, you know, like the old Cheers show, right? Where everybody knows your name. Find your vibe tribe, find your people. You, you definitely probably are going to want to have some sort of therapy, whether it's from a clergy or a therapist or something, really somebody who can help you with your trauma and, you know, dealing because you you are in trauma. You are definitely, your body has dealt with a lot of trauma and processing that trauma is so, so important so important. Okay. And then the last thing that I'm going to suggest that you do is find something that you can pivot to. Find something that when your brain starts to go to the past, I want you to have something that you can immediately pivot to that is your present and your future. That helped me so much. It still helps me. I always joke that I can't leave my thoughts unsupervised. And so I want you to put in the comments right now, pivot, P-I-V-O-T, pivot. 
because that is so important. That is something that it has been absolutely critical for me. You know, when my thoughts start going into the dark alley of, you know, I talk, I call it the ghetto of my brain. I have to find, you know, the good neighborhood again. And how I do that is I find like the the good neighborhood, the that what am I focusing on that's creative for me? What am I focusing on that is helping people like making good videos for you guys or, you know, doing things that I know serve my purpose in life is doing great things for serving my soul, making me feel better, making me feel like I know I'm doing the right thing in the world and not allowing myself to go down the path of I'm in victim mode. Because anytime you allow the narcissist to rent space in your head free, they're not paying for that space. You're allowing yourself to be a victim. Don't don't give them that space. Don't give them that satisfaction. Move on. It's time to move on. It's time to pivot. It's time for you to slay. It's time for you to be the best version that you can be. And, and giving them any more time, any more space is not the best version of yourself. So the next video I want you to watch is self-care for dealing with narcissists. It's a great video that I did. I have tons and tons and tons of ways that you can engage in self-care and because self-care is so important, so important. All right, so let's talk about ways to defeat that narcissist or the signs that you have defeated that narcissist. Actually, like, okay, you're negotiating with them and you're trying to figure out like how it's going. Are you close? Have you defeated them? Do you think that you're kind of on the way to defeating them? Because sometimes it's maybe hard to tell because they don't want you to know, obviously. I mean, they want it to look like they're winning at all costs and at all times, and they're never going to let on. I mean, even if they're like losing badly, and things aren't going their way, and you're like showing them evidence that things aren't going their way, they're still going to say, I'm winning, I'm winning. It's going my way. It totally is. I mean, because that's how they've gotten along in life all along. You know, you can show them, hey, you know, look, these text messages show that you're be cheating. And nope, that's not what that says. That's how they get along. And I mean, I was actually just talking to a one of my private clients recently, and she was telling me that she really appreciated one of my recent videos, which was four signs that the narcissist is losing control, which you can check out yourself if you'd like. And she said she loved that video because she was like, okay, like a lot of times, you know, she was saying, I'm afraid. I don't want them to lose control. I'm afraid of doing things that are going to make them lose control. I don't want that to happen. But actually, she could see that that meant that she was starting to get there, that she was starting to make headway, that she was starting to cover ground, that she was getting closer to her goal of where she wanted to be. So, so that it was actually okay that 
in this case, she was dealing with a husband, but you know, sometimes you're dealing with a business partner. Or I've actually dealt with quite a few situations where people are dealing with maybe a family member in a probate situation, something like that. But it's okay if they're actually starting to lose control because that means that they are showing signs of being defeated as well. And so you don't you don't necessarily need to fear that. And also remember that they have conditioned you. They have conditioned you to believe that they are winners, that you don't know what you're doing, that you don't know how to think, that they do, that they're smarter, that you can't trust your thoughts, that you can only trust what they think. They've really conditioned you to believe that. And a lot of times, you know, your thoughts, things that you think are actually your thoughts are actually thoughts that they have conditioned you to believe. Okay. So six signs that you're starting to defeat that narcissist. Number one is they're going to start love bombing you again. They're going to start coming back. So, you know, what happens is they start going back to that well of things that worked for them in the past. You know, they, they don't have a whole lot of tricks in their arsenal. They, they, they have their things that worked for them. So they go back to whatever it was that worked for them in the past. I mean, they're, they, they have these patterns, they have these playbooks that worked. And, and that's why, you know, it's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, when you start to study what they're like, they're pretty predictable in the sense that you kind of can tell how they're going to behave, even though it's pretty awful, but you can pretty much tell how they're going to behave. So so they'll start off kind of small, you know, and then they'll kind of work up to the things that, you know, when it's really bad defeat. Okay. So, you know, the love bombing might start be the first kind of side. Then the next thing is, okay, that didn't work. So let me go to the next thing. And that's when they start to get a little bit more desperate. So they start to flood you. They start to flood you with the text messages, show up at your house, show up at your office. You might start to see some crazy texts. At this point, you might you might start to see some, you know, little undertones of not so nice uh, texts or maybe some even like threatening sort of language in the communications that you're receiving. So that, you know, it's starting to ramp up just slightly. You know, you're starting to feel that heat rise because they're starting to feel, mm, you know, like it's coming. All right, so that's number two. Number three is they start saying and doing all sorts of weird things. Like this is where you start to see like where they kind of start to get like a little bit desperate, where they they start to, you know, get a little bit crazy. And so sometimes you'll start to see them just say weird things like, okay, where did that come from? Okay. (laughs) They get a little bit outlandish sometimes. And so that's you know, how it kind of starts. Like they kind of get, they get a little bit crazier, 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 crazier. And until they're just, you know, full 
crazy and into collapse and they've just become undone. And, you know, by the way, the mini series with Hugh Grant and doing great example of that whole thing. And I actually did a whole video on that if you want to check it out. Really great example of that whole thing. And so, okay, so those first three are all about them. It's all about the narcissist themselves. And so those are all signs that you've defeated the narcissist. And that's about the narcissist themselves. So the last three I want to kind of focus on signs you've defeated the narcissist. I want to focus on you, signs that you've defeated the narcissist, but focusing on you, because that's really when you know that you've defeated the narcissist because you feel it on this side of the fence. All right. So number four is, you know, that you defeated the narcissist because you're no longer emotionally triggered. It's like they say things that normally in the past would have gotten you all like upset. It's like, you know, Superman with the bullets that just pop off your chest or Wonder Woman, they just like went right off your wrist and you're like, did somebody say something? I thought I thought I heard something, but nothing. I got nothing. It didn't even like phase me at all. Nothing. Like when you're not emotionally triggered by that at all, you know you've actually defeated the narcissist. Okay. That's number four. Number five is you get what you want. You get what you want in the negotiation but you've taken your ego out of it. What do I mean by that? That means that you've ethically manipulated the manipulator. They think they've gotten away with something. You've let them on to believe that they won, that they got something out of you, and you actually manipulated them into taking exactly what you wanted them to take. So, and you do your best Meryl Streep or Al Pacino or whatever it is. And you went, oh my God, I can't believe this is all terrible, you know, whatever. And because you took your ego out of it, because you, you know what, they have to feel like they won. And that's how it goes. It's okay. It's fine. That's going to be how it is. You know, you have to let them think it's their idea or, or whatever it is. Okay. So that's number five. Number six. The last one is, this is the best one, really. And that is, you no longer have any fear. You no longer have any fear in interacting with them whatsoever. Not only it's no emotion, you have no fear in interacting with them. You receive emails from them, you see them, you talk to them, you have no fear. And I get so many emails from people who've done my programs, who've watched my videos, all the things that I've told you guys to do. And then you tell me that that's the miracle. Yeah, you've gotten the outcomes you wanted, all those things. But the miracle is that the fear has disappeared. Thanks for listening to this episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. Remember that 
I have brand new episodes just like this on my YouTube channel every single day. So if you want to be empowered every single day, head over to my YouTube channel. And also you can follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Zung or my TikTok at Rebecca Zung as well. And remember that you can pre-order my book right now at slaythebully.com and get early access to the manuscript as well as tons of other bonuses. And make sure to register for my brand new webinar, my new masterclass at Break Free From Hell. And it's Breaking Free From Hell, Take Back Your Power Emotionally, Physically, and Spiritually. I can't wait to support you in your journey to taking back your power. And otherwise, I will see you right back here for the next episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I am so excited to supporting you And remember that today is a great day to start negotiating your best life. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Tune in next week for another edition of Negotiate Your Best Life. Remember, if you want more ways to slay and you want more ways to be supported, you can always join my membership at joinslay.com forward slash slay. You can always subscribe to my YouTube channel and you can always grab my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet at winmynegotiation.com. Remember that today is a great day to start negotiating your best life. And I will definitely catch you in the next episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. Thanks so much for listening. Does an orthopedic condition or sports injury have you sidelined? Make your comeback with GW Hospital Sports Medicine. We offer services from neck to toe, including care for shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, and hands. Plus, we're the official healthcare partner of GW Athletics, the DC Furies, and the DC Revolution. Get back to doing the things you love. Learn more at gwhospital.com slash sportsmed or call 888-4-GW-DOCS. Physicians are not employees or agents of this hospital. Hey, Slayers, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast I'm excited about, Creating Confidence, hosted by Heather Monahan, a part of the Yap Media Network. Heather sits down with experts like Gary Vee, Sarah Blakely, and Les Brown to share with you techniques and strategies to create your confidence, pursue your dreams, and leapfrog villains you'll meet along the way. Creating confidence is about elevating your confidence to the highest level ever and take your business right there with you. Don't believe me? I'm going to share some of the amazing reviews that I've seen on Apple. Here's one. Heather has the perfect gems of wisdom that not only inspire you, but motivate you into action. I recommend it to anyone who wants to elevate their reach and go to that next level. How about that? That's amazing. Here's another one. Heather is so inspiring, and each episode is filled with tips and tricks on how to become more confident and live the life of your dreams. 
So if you are looking to level up your confidence, check out Creating Confidence now. Subscribe to Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is.